what is this? May the 19th, season five, episode five of Joe's Mini Bike Reunion podcast. We're uh, brought to you by our friends at Pioneer Car Audio. Like to uh, say, hey, everybody, what's up? Thanks for finding some time out of your day to be with us. We've got a great show in store for you tonight. I want to uh, begin by uh, letting you know what's on tap. Cleveland Flowers, the man behind, I guess the orchestra, kind of like the conductor of what on video uh, was shown as a hundred mile an hour pass. It was late at night. It was in LA. We'll find out about the details. Who was the jockey? Who were the builders? Who put together that bike? And where, what is the status of that bike right now? Uh, was it a quarter mile? Was it an eighth of a mile? Was it on alcohol? Was it on crack? Was it on pump gas? We want to know. Um, I also am going to, uh, well, I thought I was going to have a surprise guest tonight. And I alluded to that in the podcast. And uh, the surprise was uh, Temecula Bob. And the reason why it was Temecula Bob is that not only is Temecula Bob, who is a Joe's Mini Biker Union Hall of Famer, one of the legends in our hobby, but he's, you know, he's elusive. He's like a unicorn. And uh, when you get a glimpse at one, like a bald eagle, you try to take advantage of it. And I was talking to Bob because he was getting, you know, there's a lot of these keyboard warriors and a lot of these guys break his balls. And, you know, everybody likes to talk shit to 16, 70 year old guys. And, you know, Bob's the nicest guy. He builds those bikes as uh, pieces of art. And he sells those pieces of art like he would distribute puppies that he raised from dogs he owns. It's very special to him. It's not for profit. When you buy a bike from our new sponsors, whether it's Go-Kart USA or whether it's, I don't know, RCF or maybe it's GTS or F&B, those guys build bikes for profits, okay? And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. That's how it goes. Bob's different. So typically what happens is Bob will comment on a post or he'll show a photo. And I love it because he always uses the Joe's Mini Bike Reunion, that tin, that oval tin in his backdrops. All the money I probably owe him for all that exposure, right? Uh, but when he posts anything, uh, he's inundated with these responses. And most of them are positive because the guy's awesome and his bikes are awesome and they're hard to get. And he takes his time to build them. And people break his balls. You know, hey, this guy doesn't return calls. This guy's a dead player. This guy's a stroke. And, you know, he, you'll notice he has a very quick and smug, selective reply, which I love. Keep doing it, Bob. So as I'm talking to him, we're going, we're talking five seconds turns into 10 seconds and now we're on the phone for 20 minutes and we've talked about everything from the Temecula Bob bike that Joe Petrolia recently showcased as well as some of the smaller bikes that are also out there and Bob's feeling about those um, how he prefers to select his customers uh, the types of um, quantities that he's comfortable building and you know I said to him, Bob, you know, this conversation shouldn't be on a podcast because this is such great stuff. And we've talked about so many different people. Uh, one person particularly was Jake Moe. And Jake, if you're listening, uh, hi, Jim and Amy. Good to see you. Temecula Bob is watching now. Uh, one, of the, um, one of the topics and one of the people that we started to talk about was Cleveland Flowers. And Bob went on to compliment uh, and talk about not only Cleveland, who I affectionately refer to as Lamar Odom, because he looks like him, he's just better looking. And he probably shoots the three a little bit better. 
and he doesn't do as much drugs. Just kidding. Um, he talked about Cleveland Flowers, and um, you know that that bike was so damn fast, and Bob couldn't believe it how these young kids <laughs> take these bikes up to anywhere past forty miles an hour to us. But you know, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, fucking 100 miles an hour. Bob's like, I don't believe it. You know, some of them got scrub brakes, and it is, um, it was amazing to him. And he really got a, a kick out of and enjoyed, I could tell, the personality behind the man, Cleveland Flowers. And as a result, and as I kept talking to him, I kept trying to, again, get him to commit to going to the podcast, come on the podcast. And he was slow to do that. And uh, he threw me a little bone. He said, you know, I'll think about it. And I reached out to him, but I hadn't heard back. And I know not to push him. Just like I know, and I suggest that you all take my cue. I know better to push him to, to sell me a frame or find time to fit me in the schedule. He's done it once or twice. You have to appreciate that. So I try not to jump on and pile on. Um, we talked about Corona Irving and how <laughs> Corona, Irving, uh, Corona Irving finally found and got his hands on a Temecula Bob bike. And it was the one that I purchased from Paul Wiener, mini bike Paul. Uh, I rode out to Camarillo and I had my mask on and so did Paul. And we had some fun time together. I picked up the uh, Bonanza uh, MX that I had wanted to buy before Paul got it from uh, Guardrail Dave. And I believe that... Um, you know, whenever you have an opportunity to buy a bike like that, especially one that has the heritage with Guardrail Dave and Evil Ed. In fact, Evil Ed, I see you and hopefully we'll be back in the garage soon. Ed doesn't dig these types of podcast communications over the phone. And, you know, we'll, we got to get him back. If not, at least as a guest. Uh, back to Bob. We started talking back and forth about Cleveland. We started talking about different things. And uh, I asked Bob to come on and join Cleveland, but he's going to take a pass and maybe we'll get him on the next podcast. So we're going to bring him on. Before we bring Cleveland on, uh, again, guys, uh, if you're looking to get a Temecula Bob bike, I understand he just took a shipment of steel in recently, and that means he'll be putting out a few. If you've already requested nicely, hopefully there's a chance for you to own a little bit of a piece of history. There's other options out there. Uh, some of them are available at um, different uh, guys that we already mentioned. F&B builds a great bike. I still have to get my hands on one of those. There's a lot of cool bikes out there, but um, uh, Mini Bike Paul had the one that I really wanted, which was that Bonanza. He still has a pretty trick little Bonanza up there with like a dual clutch setup or a two-speed. Um, he has those two tacos that were still hanging out there. Uh, those were both, again, Guardrail Dave, uh, Evil Ed style bikes. Welcome to the podcast, uh, Dane Walton, Ryan Gray, Edwin Murto. Wow, I talk about a little bit of history there. Edwin, um, glad to have you on. We, uh, there's still some opportunities. I, I talked to Ian Cordova. Uh, all of this in light of the posting about Paul's uh, sale. Ian uh, and I were going back and forth, and Ian will be joining us as the guest on the next podcast, which airs, uh, I don't know, usually two weeks from now. We're going we're gonna to try to speed up the schedule, but we're doing other podcasts. You may have seen the uh, post that went up today for the Aftermarket Insider, which is a little project that Ian and I worked on. And uh, we had a really good guest on today, Carson Lev, the man behind uh, many of the big celebrities and activities and promotions that take place in our industry, particularly Chip Foose. Check that out if you like. It's the Aftermarket Insider. It's got a Facebook page. You can like it, do all that crazy shit. Back to the mini bike stuff. Uh, Ian is going to be joining us on the podcast, and he's got a little something that's brewing that um, we can't quite let out. 
And uh, you know what that means for the mini bike world. So we're going to have Ian on sharing some insight on what's happening up there with CB racing with his dad pops and uh, Eric and all the other guys. We uh, had a little contact with a guy that I've had uh, hanging around for a little while as a good friend. And he's part of our community, Irving Payan, the green Hornet. He likes green bikes. What's happening, Rick Watson and Mike Champagne. Good to see you. Look at that little drag racing uh, celebrity in the house, John Barkley. Look up John Barkley and NHRA drag racing records. You'll uh, be reading for a while. John, good to see you. We uh, had Ian on, on tap for next week's show. Uh, Irving came by. I decided that uh, mini bike Paul was making all the goddamn money with the stuff he's selling. And I decided to get on some of the action on Sunday and put together my version of a pop-up uh, a pop-up uh, swap meet. And I put out some stuff that I just had laying around that I realized now I'm probably not going to use. And Irving stepped up quickly and bought some stuff. And when he came over, he, uh, he kept saying things like he was getting out of the game. And I say, oh, you're not getting out of the game. We all feel that way sometimes. We're just going to take a pause, right? So we, um, we went back and forth. And I said, what do you keep telling me on, online about uh, getting out of the game? And he he shared with me that he is uh, taking on a new task and he's going to be involved in some pretty serious stuff that protects all of us. And it's a, in a very, you know, admirable uh, category. And he's going to spend some time away from California doing his training and he's going to come back. He's going to be able to get back and spend some time in Mexico. And he's also going to have some options to come back here. And before you know it, he's going to have 20 years in doing some really good work that's going to benefit us all. He's going to have his shit tight. His family's going to be protected. And that guy's going to be able to come back and do whatever he wants to do, not only in life, but in this silly little hobby that we have. So congratulations, Irving Payan. Another young dude that uh, caught my attention this week was uh, Vinny Morelli. Vinny Morelli. Uh, what's happening, Jonah McCaslin? Uh, good to see you. How's my man, Toby? Steve Ross, what's happening? Utica, New York in, in the house. I'm not sure if Ross was a, a mini bike guy. He hung around with guys that just beat people up like Slicks and Chive and all those guys. They didn't ride mini bikes. They beat people up who, and they stole their mini bikes, but they're, they're nice guys now. Who knows? Maybe they can, now they've got all that money like Steve Ross. He can buy mini bikes any day of the week. So I had, um, I had this swap meet. I sold a bunch of stuff. I sold a few hundred dollars and I was going to call mini bike Paul up quick because he still has some items that I want. I can't tell him what I want because they'll have the advantage, but he has a few things hanging around that I'd like to get my hands on. And then I heard Joe Petrelli is coming out from Arizona to see mini bike Paul. And it's like, well, shit, Joe's going to buy everything. Joe's going to buy the bikes, the signs for the bikes, the racks that hold the signs that held the bikes. He's going to buy the car. He's going to buy Paul's house. Joe buy the fucking complex. Okay. So I had that on my back of my mind, but it's like, man, do I want to go all the way out there to Camarillo? And I've kind of decided that I may. So Ian's going out this week. I may be going back up there. Uh, Vinny Morelli, he was a young gun winner last year. He had that trick. I guess you call it a four stroke bike. You know, that category that uh, just is so cool. Uh, he is graduating and he showcased his newest project. And I threw a picture of it up on my Facebook page for the mini bike reunion. And I couldn't post the video for some reason. It wouldn't let me. But Vin, if you're listening, congratulations on your graduation, as well as any of you that are listening to the podcast or are fans of the event or the page, or if you have uh, children that are graduating, congratulations uh, to them. 
my daughter, Nicole, who many of you know, as well as uh, Super Supreme Photog and uh, all-around helper Dave, uh, Nicole's uh, good friend and boyfriend. They both graduated uh, last week. Congratulations to them. I'm very, very happy and proud. Uh, I don't know how they did it with having any connection with someone like me, but I also want to congratulate my wife, Linda, because collectively, we've all done a lot to try to make all those things happen. Um, so that's all good. Um, all right, let's get, to our, let's get to our guest. Here's what I know. When Temecula Bob talked, I listened. He said Cleveland Flowers was his guy. He talked about this 100-mile-an-hour pass. Uh, as many of you know, in fact, uh, when Ed and I were uh, in the garage uh, launching the podcast, many of the topics had to do with going 100 miles an hour and how cool it would be a part for all of us to join in and um, you know, make that happen. Uh, I, I know that I have an opportunity through the Tucson Dragway, through my time with Roadkill, uh, working with Jim Hughes there, that we have a track, we have a home. And uh, it's camping, there's outdoor activities, you can ride, you can barbecue, there's two tiki bars, okay? So we're going to have an opportunity maybe to get to a guy who already did go 100 miles an hour. Now, I've since found out, and Cleveland's clarified, that it was his bike. He was not the jockey. He will tell us who the jockey was. He'll, he'll show us the video. Many of you questioned whether it was a quarter mile or an eighth. We'll find out. Uh, many of you asked what type of fuel he was using. Some of you thought we were both full of shit, right? Myself for promoting it and um, Cleveland for suggesting it. So let's end all the drama and uh, let's see if we can bring in. Now, he was out getting a little something, something. I think he was getting a two-piece and a drink. He was going horse, Jorge Masvidal on me. So... If he's there, let's bring him in. Uh, the man of the hour, uh, Cleveland Flowers. Cleveland, are you with us, brother? E, can we hear him? What's going on, Joe? Oh, there you go. Hi, Cleveland. Welcome to the podcast. How's the two-piece? <laughs> I actually haven't even been able to eat it yet. Oh, man, I thought you'd start that thing by now. <laughs> I was trying to hurry up and get back home to this. You know, I've always uh, affectionately given you grief and told you that you remind me so much of Lamar Odom. You actually are better looking than him. You know that? <laughs> Is it just me or a lot of other folks mention that to you? I mean, after you mentioned it, a lot more people started mentioning it. All right. Well, look, um, Lamar Odom aside, I want to tell you that I appreciate having you on the podcast. And you may have heard me warming you up a little bit. Uh, you and I have chatted because... You're one of those guys. In fact, you're a perfect example. You come rolling out to Joe's mini bike reunion. Uh, cool as the breeze in the air. No preconceived notion. Had one of the baddest bikes out there. And, and honestly, I was running around like a fool trying to put on the event and waiting for the fucking food truck. And I couldn't appreciate the caliber of a lot of the bikes that showed up early on. And you were one of those guys. You, mm -hmm. you were one of those guys that not only had you had bikes that were so nice. I couldn't even appreciate them. Other guys that are really tight in the hobby knew exactly the Charles mini drag bikes, um, the Jake's, the Fredo's, the Frank's, the Brian's from F and B they were around your shit. And that, that helped me. And <laughs> you, you really showed well. And from that point on, um, I'm glad that I had a chance to get to know you. And mm -hmm. I'm glad that you've given everybody an opportunity to see just what kind of things go down at fast lane. Um, Let's talk about how you got into mini bikes. Was it a, was it a pretty predictable deal where everybody in, in your area was into the mini bikes? Was it your brother? How, how'd you get started? Not really, Joe. Honestly, 
how I got into mini bikes is kind of awkward. Like, um, I had gotten into a car accident back in 2015, okay. and um, I needed to get physical therapy. And it was like not walking distance, but it was kind of far from my house. And I was trying to think, like, how could I get back and forth without taking the bus? So I was like, <laughs> it dawned on me, like, let me buy a mini bike to get back and forth. So that's how I got back and forth to physical therapy. And then I linked up with a couple of guys that saw me riding. They're like, hey, come over here. It was the fast lane guys on uh, 89th and Broadway by my shop, by the shop. And then they were like, uh, you know, you ride with anybody? I'm like, nah, I'm just trying to go to physical therapy. <laughs> that's how I was opened up to the whole world of mini bikes, man. I have never, ever heard of anybody who got into mini bikes to take it to physical therapy. Usually what I hear is people have to fucking go to physical therapy after they ride the mini bike. That's how I got into it. <laughs> so you met the guys um, because, you know, there's a magnet. You notice till this day, like I'm 60. I still, I hear a mini bike. I stop. Yeah. I immediately like that person. I immediately run towards that person. There's that immediate bond. And you got a little bit of that, huh? Mm -hmm. So when did it go from just taking, what kind of bike was it? Was it, it, was, was it a Joe's frame or something? Regular $500 stock Joe's bike. <laughs> how did I know? <laughs> and what'd you have in there for a motor? A uh, predator, stock predator. Sure. And were you were you into engines at all before that? Were you, were you a, a hands-on guy? Yeah, I was. My uncle, my uncle uh, is a mechanic, so I was always into engines. So, but I didn't know anything about mini bikes at that time. Nothing. But when uh, you were working with your uncle, what kind of cars was he working with? What kind of cars were you hanging around with? Was he the old muscle car dude or was he an uh, import guy? No, just, you know, he's, a, he's just a general mechanic. He just works on, you know, cars. Okay. Yeah. So um, how did you go from uh, just riding the bike to physical therapy, meeting a few of the guys riding around to getting so hardcore? What, what really turned you up? Okay. Like I said, I didn't know about the world of mini bikes at that time. So. Um, after that day of uh, seeing all the bikes at the barbershop on 89th and Broadway, shout out to Fastlane, by the way, um, they invited me out to the races where it's a local race spot out here in LA called Anna Street. And the legendary so Anna Street. Yeah, just so happened that weekend was the week of a tournament. Just so happened that weekend was the week of a tournament. So I went out, I rode out to the mini bike races with that crew, and um, I just seen how big a level that mini bikes could get like how fast they could go and you know the excitement and the drilling that was all out there and that that from that moment i was hooked on it after that nope. day i never rode another stock mini bike after that well you really couldn't because that wasn't the scene you know th there is a segment of the mini bike scene where especially those guys who like the vintage stop bikes they they like them to be just like they were originally they put around they bring it to the car show the scene that you're describing the anna street scene it's a go fast scene. You don't mm -hmm. show up there unless you're playing. There's, there's no putting around. There ain't no friggin' three and a half horsepower Briggs and yeah, Stratton's yeah. Or, or, or those types of bikes there. It's all going fast. And Evil, and Evil Ed and I went out there a time or two. Uh, early on, it was nice because there were some folks, instead of rolling out there cold, I, I knew Brian. And, and Brian was rolling out there with his bike. And Frank was out there. And Ed was legendary when he rolled up. By the time I started going, I had known MDB for a while. I'd known... Um, a home alone and the event had a little bit of life you know it was like our third or fourth year a lot of the folks were coming up to the event like you so it was nice to go out there because many of the folks knew me and i i, I kind of put a lot of faces together uh it was funny how it changed it went from a nice little group and everybody got together and everybody talked about the nice little rules and then when it started to race 
it it was intoxicating and that's what you got right yeah yeah off the bat as soon as i got out there i was just like wow i was like blown away also the young kids that are there with their brothers or with their dads and it was a family thing you know that this mini bike thing that's happening down there in anna street it's deep rooted uh, a lot of youngsters still there so when when the cops take everybody away usually it happens about like three or four o'clock the kind of cops will make the shake yeah, out usually, yeah usually early early on when there is still like security guards and everything out there but usually later on in the night you know after seven or eight o'clock it's usually coast is clear and you can go out there and have fun all night and that's when you like it when the coast is clear at night right either or i don't man i, I like the adrenaline running away from the police too as well well talk about the night that this bike that you, I call you like the conductor of the orchestra on the bike, right? You you, you own the bike. Uh, you, uh-huh. you worked with and selected the jockey, the engine builders. Talk a little bit about your team. Talk a little bit about that bike and lead us up until that night where the 100 mile an hour pass went. And I, I may have suggested earlier, Cleveland, that the folks had some questions. Um, Talk to okay. them during this. Let us know if it's a quarter mile or an eighth. What kind of fuel you use. Talk a little bit about some of the challenges that you had. Take it away, won't you? Okay, so pretty much uh, when I joined Fastlane, I didn't know that, you know, we had a bike that we had. So I don't know if you are aware, but we had a bike at that time that did 92 miles per hour in a quarter mile. But that was pretty much the fastest bike that was on that at that time. Um what about that bike? What what kind of bike was that? Was that a, that a, was G- a, a GT's frame? It was a stock. It was a three inch stroker. Um, Dylan was still the jockey, and that bike went ninety two. And to this day, that bike never saw a loss. It it only took wins. Who built that so, motor? A uh, BDMS. Daryl BDMS built that motor. Okay, so when you talk about the motor, let's face it, it's the jockey in the motor, right? Yes. What were the dynamics with that motor that got you past 90? I mean, I don't need to know all the secrets, but what do you really know? I mean, I guess it just all depends on the head work, the porting and all that, because pretty much to this day, all the guys, we all run the same part. We all go to Tim and buy parts. Uh, We all got the same parts in our engines. So it all comes down to who's doing your head and who's, you know, mapping out your your, your valve uh, spring pressure and all that, you know, your uh, compression ratio. It's all about the, the skill. technicalities of the builder, what he knows to the, put into the motor. Yeah, and, 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 you know, we chatted about this before on some of the previous podcasts too, Cleveland, particularly when we were talking to Charles. And, you know, Charles is uh, strong in the game, very confident guy, uh, like you need to be. You know, it's like you're a heavyweight champion. You got to believe in yourself. You got you to know that, you know, you're, you're the baddest out there. And I know there's a lot of guys knocking on the champ's door. You guys seem to have had a good success with the engine side of it. The builder, talk a little bit more about him. How long do you guys go back? How did it, how did it start from Cleveland taking his bike to physical therapy to now hanging out with guys building <laughs> engines that run 100 miles an hour? Well, the guy, when I found out who built that engine, our engine that went 92, um, I went to his garage. It was Daryl. And um, I had him build my first three inch from that day on. And um, from I mean, from that day, I've just never went to any other builder. I, I, you know, I've tried George uh, DBR to build one motor for me um, also. But other than that, I've mostly 100% been with uh, 
Daryl, and he's never stood me wrong. All of his motors are consistent. They run, you know, they barely have problems. They barely break. And, you know, so, you know, it's a trust issue. It's a trust uh, bond that we have with each other. And um, I know when I leave my stuff with him, it's going to make me happy. You know, Cleveland, they kind of um, a lot of similarities to a NASCAR team. You know, when you think about it, you've got an owner. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're falling into that category now, right? You're, you're the kind of, you're the, you're the team owner. You may be the, the chief uh, head motherfucker <laughs> in charge over there, right? But you, you're going to find a driver. Uh, you're going to find your head mechanic. You're going to find uh -huh. your guy that maybe wears your PR and maybe helps you with your logo and some of your stitching on your logos on your seat and stuff. But th there's more than just the builder. Um, talk a little bit now about the jockey. Who's the jockey behind that bike at 90? And then let's lead to the jockey on the 100 mile an hour pass. The same dude, the same guy that went 92. At that time, I think Dylan was about maybe like 15 years old. Wow. When he went 92 miles per hour on that mini bike. And um, up and leading to, you know, five years later, to going 100, he's still one of the best jockeys out here in L.A. And, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's a small guy, about 20, 21 years old now. And, uh, you know, he's just – we've never seen anybody ride a mini bike better than him. So, did you find him? Uh, did you just know him from your time growing up, or did you know him from Amherst Street? Did you know he, he was already he was already our jockey from the crew when I joined Fastlane. He was already Fastlane's jockey, so you know whenever we had races, he was automatically the guy to get on the bike. Who are you some know, of the other hotshot racers over there at Fastlane now? Uh, racers. Yeah, who are some of the hotshot guys over there now? Um. Well, back then it was uh nine. He was the. Uh, guy who owned the 92 mile per hour motor um other than that um oscar has a, a pretty fast bike and then um antonio has a pretty fast bike as well he's the one who won the uh tournament this past tournament he's the one who went home with the all you run, run with your run tournament uh talk about the length the eighth of a mile a lot of folks want a confirmation going eighth of a mile quarter mile uh we only run quarter of a mile here down here in la I tell everybody. Everybody thinks we're full of shit. Everybody's like eighth of a mile, eighth of a mile, eighth of a mile. <laughs> yeah, quarter um, mile. Yeah. So um, for all those folks that, again, if I was asked that question once, it was a million times. I want to give a shout out to my man Ricky. I want to give a shout out to my guy Chue. Uh, congratulations, Ricky, on your um, upcoming gift. That's going to be awesome. Uh, bad news: I sold the Dotson Roadster. Also, I uh, shared that with Kevin Dunn. I had a little car that I was moving on the side, trying to keep this mini bike game going in Cleveland. So I had to sell one of these little cars that I have. <laughs> uh, so uh, you've got a badass jockey. He's been killing it. He was behind the 90, 90 plus mile an hour engine run. Uh, you've got your engine builder you've been with forever. You're not riding this thing. You're not building it. What are you doing besides paying the bills and getting the parts and making sure the jockey shows up and the engine's done? Are, are you air traffic controller? What are you doing? No, I ride. I ride and race or race myself. I actually had a race on that bike myself and won as well. Okay. And how fast uh, were you going, Cleveland? I think I went at least 94. It wasn't on a speed uh, rate, radar gun. But um, whenever Dylan jockeys a bike for me and he does a certain number and I get on it after him, I usually do about four or five mile power less than him. So I think I was around like 94, 95. How much do you weigh? I'm about 200. <laughs> yeah. Yes. What kind of brake do you have on that those bikes? It, it was a scrub brake, surprisingly. Scrub brake. 
So this is what this is what gives us old people a freaking heart attack. When Temecula <laughs> Bob says, and he's like, and Joe, and you know, when you talk to Bob, he paused, he paused, he paused for uh, effect. And Joe, the kid did it on a damn scrub break. <laughs> you know, and I got to tell you, man, uh, I wish. I wish I could pull him up on the screen right alongside you and you could hear it from yourself. But uh, Cleveland, he was, um, he was enjoying his craft through you and watching yeah. what you do. Um, and that's why I love the reunion, you know, because guys like you and him could reconnect. Um, uh-huh. Let's talk a little bit about, let's go back to the the past now. So you've got your shit tight now. You, you, you're the orchestra conductor. You've got the horn section you got the, you know, you got the trombone guy, you got the baritone, uh, how do you go about planning this late night rendezvous? Okay, so this is what happened. I had a gear on the bike. When the bike finally came together, I got all the kinks out of it. The bike was running 100%. I took the bike out and we made a pass on it. The bike did 97 miles per hour, but we clocked it as well. And the bike came through really, really fast. Um, and, but the RPMs were kind of high. So Daryl, the builder, he's like, you know, this bike will go a hundred. And I'm just like, man, I don't want to change nothing. I want to keep it the way it is because it came through just so fast. Nobody's going to catch this bike ever. So he's like, okay. So um, we came out for a tournament that night actually. And uh, the police were just hounding us. We couldn't we couldn't finish the tournament. So then Rafa uh, uh, from GTs, he wanted to postpone the tournament to another day. And I was like, you know what? We could just try for the 100 mile per hour tonight. So I went and I changed the gear on the bike that Daryl told me to put on it to try to get the 100. How did you re-gear it? Where did you change it from? Um, I went from a 60 in the back and I just dropped it down two teeth to a 58. And that's gonna give you a better top end? Top end, yeah. Great. So, I mean, we weren't expecting it. Daryl always said that the motor would do 100, but I just never wanted to change nothing. So I was just doing this for Daryl. Um, so we got on, the, he uh, didn't start the bike up and Rafa from GTs and a couple other crews were still out there that night because we were expecting the tournament that night. So um, he came through, we had the radar gun on him and then it did what it did. And then we were just hella excited after that. So in the jockey at the time is who? Dylan. And Dylan's running through regular gas? What's he running? No, we, were running we were running straight M5. Oh, certainly. So... You put this on video. People had asked about that. Uh, yeah. I sent it over to Emmanuel. Emmanuel, uh, somewhere within the podcast, if you have a chance, I think that, that may be playing now. Uh, I don't know if you could see it or not, but you've probably seen it enough times. What will we be seeing on that video, Cleveland? Uh, you're going to see me behind Daryl holding the phone, recording the radar gun. Um, anybody who knows Anna Street knows that that block, if you go all the way down to the end, it's only a quarter mile you could run. There's no further back you can go to try to cheat it or anything. Um, but yeah, um, he came through. You heard the start of the, the motor when he started revving it up and he came through and uh, it's all on video. I got the speed art gun, radar gun and came through it said 100. Plus here's the thing. You can spot a bullshitter like immediately. Mm-hmm. They don't even have to, you know, they don't even have to speak. You're not that guy. You're, yeah, yeah. Um, you, you're from the area. There's, there's no, Going oh, yeah, miles an everyone, hour. Knows, everyone knows me down here. Like I said, even even like I said, the people who are on Anna, uh, most wanted crew was out there. Uh, Rothbar from GTs, the owner of GTs, he was out there, and they all seen it. It's not like we were out there by ourselves and we just you know made a 
the, the bike do 100 and nobody's seen it. Everybody was out there. Let me tell you something. Make no mistake about it. The only skepticism out there is largely from, the again, the keyboard warriors who, they're not from this area. Uh-huh. I understand and appreciate the competitiveness because there's even some, even some competitiveness within the state, which is fine. As long as it doesn't get taken out of context. Um, mm-hmm. You've been a great ambassador. Um, Charles is probably one of the more outspoken, colorful, animated guys. And a lot of folks like to chip away at his armor, but he's a tough, he's a tough dude. And uh, we love having him on and we get as many people fanning his fire and we get folks giving him grief. <laughs> um, you, you get, you get, always get positive thumbs up for everybody you're one of those all-around good guys and uh, i mm. want to tell you this that that's quite a feat and uh for those of you who may have had some skepticism about it i can tell you from our end and i think this is where it counts th- there's no bs behind that run um mm-hmm. i like to be behind an opportunity to let you showcase that bike but uh, i understand that the bike has found itself another home talk a little bit about that um, are you wearing that are you wearing that bike around your neck now or you got that mr t starter kit on there <laughs> <laughs> no, I've always been in the jury, but anyway, uh, looking good, looking good. Uh, wh- what's happening with the bike? Did everybody start trying to buy it once they heard the story? After that hundred mile power passed, <laughs> my inbox was blowing up. People wanted to buy the bike, and um, at first, I didn't want to sell it because I still wanted to get a couple races down here in LA with it. But the now bike, you gotta has- move it. You gotta move. You gotta move when it's hot. Yeah, it's not even that. I didn't move right away, actually. I waited it's still like four or five months because I wanted to get some races. But, you know, I guess after the bike did what it did, I couldn't, you know, when they go that fast and it's showcased, nobody really wants to race after that. So I would bring the bike out every week, every week, you know, and it would get me races. So I was just like, you know what? Maybe I can send it somewhere to where there's a track for all the non-believers that didn't believe the bike did what it did. I wanted it to go somewhere where there was a track where someone could actually take it to a track and get some slips on it. So this guy from Florida, he contacted me. Well, he had contacted me months before, actually, and I told him uh, that I wasn't selling a bike at the time. So, But then he contacted me again. Sure. And uh, he said that he still wanted the bike, and I was like, you know what, I'll sell it to you now. So, you know, he cashed me out for it. Uh, I got to tell you, I, I always was one of the guys that felt that I, when I got my hands on a bike, that it wasn't leaving. Like mm-hmm. there, once it got in that garage, once, once I took it off of my truck there and I, I found as time has gone on that there are times where you got to kind of maybe make room for one, or maybe mm-hmm. you got to let one go to, to live its next life. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, some of the bikes that I recently let go are some of the smaller bikes that I knew I really wasn't going to be on anymore. Uh, they mm-hmm. had a little collectability to them. They had a little personality, but you know, they, they weren't the ones that if you're going to go riding out, which yeah, yeah. occasionally you used to do, and hopefully we'll be able to do again. You wanted something that had a little bit of go. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you recall, but there was a time back in the podcast with the big belly guys that they put together a, a Predator, it's like 16, 17 horse. And I had a Temecula Bob bike that Jake Moe finished for me. And I loved that bike. And mm-hmm. um, that's an example of a bike that I would never sell. But when you when I did sell a small micro bike when I was in Saudi Arabia that Jake Moe built. And it was so unique and it was such an eye catcher. Mm-hmm. And although I, we were paid handsomely for it and the guy who it went to is going to be a mini bike ambassador in Saudi Arabia and, and offer us more opportunities to, to expand our presence there. Mm-hmm. And the money was thick. You know, like that, that <laughs> money you got was thick for that bike. It, it, yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that shit when it's thick, you know, <laughs> um, it was thick, but 
boy, none of that matters two or three months later when you're wishing you still had the bike. Do you have any of yeah. that? Do you have yeah, any of that? I do. I do. I have little regret. I actually, I actually did contact the guy and I offered to buy it back. <laughs> how, how quick did it take? How quick did it take to go from when you first sold it to him to trying to buy it back? Was it a month or a week or a year? <laughs> well, you know what happened actually? After I sold that bike, everybody from all the other crews started racing again. It's like one of the fastest bikes out of state. Now everybody wants to come back racing, and now I'm just like, man, y'all was doing this when my bike was here. So. So you had all the money in the pocket and the chains, but you had no, <laughs> no game on Anna Street anymore. You had to get back in the game, huh? Yeah, you know, but I've been building and since I started back in 2015, I've been I've built over 10 three inches. I've built motors and sold them. So it's really nothing. I know the secrets, I know the combos, I know the builder. So you know I could replicate that motor, you know, like that if I wanted to. Uh Tehran said he told you not to sell that bike. You know, there's a lot yeah. of comments coming in. I can't keep up with them. I do want to welcome <laughs> to the podcast Jake Moe. Jake, great to see you. Uh, Daryl Smith, the man behind a, a lot of the conversations. Oscar Ruiz, good to see you. Uh, a lot of folks on there. Who else we have joining us? We've got, uh, let's see, Darwin Connor. Uh, uh, man, my eyes are getting shot. Got Rashane, Rashawn. We got Irving. Oh, look, everybody's on there. Uh, look, Cleveland, you, when I first contacted you to get on the show, you, you text me back. First of all, thank you because you were responsive. Mm -hmm. uh, I struggle sometimes because like an idiot, it'll be Sunday afternoon and I'll have had like <laughs> 10 bags of these friggin' edibles and God knows whatever else. And I'll realize I got a podcast on Tuesday and I haven't booked anybody. Mm -hmm. And although I spoke to Bob earlier that week, I hadn't quite reached out to you. So when mm -hmm. you hit me back quick, not only do I appreciate it, but you were exactly what I was hoping for. Um, you show well, congratulations on what you guys have done there. Um, but when, when you called me right back, uh, again, just a reflection of the kind of guy that you are. It's like, hey, Joe, look, man, I would like to also bring on like my engine builder and, 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 and him. And it's, I said, check this out. It's like, Cleveland, the spotlight's on you. And, you know, it's, it's tough for us to do multiple screens because we have certain challenges. But I want to let those of you who are watching realize that as soon as I handed the spotlight to him, he put it back on somebody else. Uh, that, that to me says a lot about this guy. Uh, if you know him, I'm not telling you anything that you don't. If you don't know him, you ought to find out more about him. It's Fastlane Cleve. Uh, Cleve, is there anybody you'd like to give a shout out to or anybody else that helped you with that awesome pass? Um, uh, and off, where can folks off. maybe reach out to get a hold of you and, and maybe start a dialogue with you? First off, is a shout out to my crew. You know, without them, uh, you know, bringing me on, I would have never even been in the world of mini bikes. And then it's the second biggest shout out to my engine builder, Daryl Smith. Best builder in all the land. You know what I'm saying? And, builder. and a great guy. Uh, yeah. I'm very, very, very lucky to have had a chance to meet him. Evil Ed and I went down to his place. Mm -hmm. um, and I hope I don't butcher it, but there was a young dude. In fact, I was with him today, off tide Day Day, who mm -hmm. was always hanging with Daryl. Um, shit, Daryl represented me. We wear my Joe's mini bike reunion jackets. Yeah. Um, he uh, he was just you know he's my age. We, yeah. we had certain things that we can relate to, and you know I like to ride with these Grom guys. We have these custom Groms. We invade downtown LA on Friday nights, and I showed up one time, no shit, and I rolled up there a little bit late. And as I rolled up, there were a bunch of Asian dudes and three big black dudes, and <laughs> they all had on my jackets. <laughs> And it's like, Jesus Christ, did, did my wife set this shit up? 
So fucking roll up there. It's Daryl. Um, I don't know if it was Trey or two other guys. There's two guys, and I never felt like, you know what? Um, we are making a little impact, all of us collectively yeah. within this hobby. And uh, it, it's nice to see guys like you, and hopefully uh, we'll see you at the event. I'm still hoping on having it on October the 17th. Um, mm -hmm. I'd love to have you there. Um, I'd love to spotlight whatever you're working on in advance. You're, you're welcome to come back on the show, on the podcast, anytime you'd like. You're one of our VIP guests now. And um, if there's anybody else maybe you want to give a shout out to or any closing uh, comments you want to make, go ahead and do it, brother. Uh, that's pretty much that's pretty much all of it. You know, uh, Daryl, he I've been working. Like I said, it's just the biggest shout out to Daryl, man. He's he's always put his uh, all and hard work into everything that I brought to him and tried to make everything that he's worked on faster and faster. You know, not only me or my crew, but anybody who messes with Daryl and BDMS he's going to make sure that you are doing what you want to do. For those who may not know the acronym BDMS, what is it? Uh, Big Daddy Motorsports. Don't forget it, everybody. Hey, you know what? Daryl is, um, would be a good guy to be in the hall of fame. If you ask me, don't you agree? Oh yeah. Most definitely. Most yeah. definitely. Starting from a 92 mile power motor all the way up to a hundred, you know, let's have that conversation as well. Going forward. Um, Recent inductions to the Hall of Fame include two guys that I know you know are uh, making the scene even bigger, Jake Moe and Rafa. Would, did you hear about that? Oh, I didn't hear about that one. Yeah, they both of those guys are going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame this year. Okay, that's, that's cool. Yep, Jake's doing a lot of good things, and uh, obviously Rafa's doing his thing down there. So, um, look, thanks for being a part of the podcast tonight, Cleveland. Uh, a pleasure to get to know you even a little bit more. I look mm -hmm. forward to seeing you at the mini bike show. And if you show up, ask for the guy who runs the place. Tell me you're here for your free t-shirt. <laughs> All right. Appreciate it, Joe. Yeah, Cleveland. Uh, much love. Cleveland Flowers in the house. The man, the man who orchestrated the 100 mile an hour ride. If you don't believe it, check out the damn video, right? <laughs> yes, sir. All right. Um, All right. Thank, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Uh, you know, we're going to let everybody kind of get back to things. Uh, I don't know how it is in your area, but uh, things are looking up here in California. Uh, we're hopeful that uh, everybody will be out uh, amongst themselves and have a chance to um, maybe get past some of the social distancing. Uh, there's still folks running around with masks and some aren't wearing masks and shit. I don't know whether or not to wear gloves or what to do anymore. All I want to do is get out and have some fun. Uh, I want to thank everybody for being a part of the podcast. Once again, selfishly, a little uh, plug here. Uh, you know, we, we, we have a couple podcasts now in the mix. We've been working uh, Emmanuel overtime. Emmanuel, much love. Thank you again for all the great effort. Um, you know, unfortunately, and all these people are starting to, to contact E about doing podcasts. And now I'm trying to squeeze in my two freaking podcasts. And he's got his own podcast that he's doing. And he's got everybody else. So, you know, the machine's getting bigger, but who cares? I want everybody to do good, particularly the guys that are in this group. Um, I wish I had a chance to see Joe Petrelia. He was going to roll up from Arizona. Uh, he was going to try to bring me a couple 79cc Predator engines for a couple projects I've got. Um, I want to thank Paul, Mini Bike Paul, for giving me the opportunity to purchase the bike, the little MX. And uh, now I got to save some money and see if I can get Evil Ed to give it the once over. Uh, we still have a couple things that are uh, in the pipeline. Uh, and I want to thank our newest sponsor, Returning Go Kart USA. Uh, check out their uh, American, uh, flyer model. Uh, we have Jake Moe constructing one, the Jake Moe way. Now it's going to be showcased at whenever the next Joe's mini bike reunion is. Hopefully it's October the 17th. Have a good rest of your night. Everybody have a great rest of your week.
I'm not sure when we'll do the next podcast for the show, but it'll probably be sometime in the next uh, couple of weeks. Big shout out to Michael Fiore, Jim Savis, my man, Brian from Minnesota, Jay Padilla, and um, my wife, Linda. I'm going to have a cocktail with her now. Have a great rest of the show, everybody. We'll see you next time on Joe's Mini Bike Reunion. Presented by Pioneer and sponsored by Go-Kart USA, Studs Racing, and our friends at GoPowerSports.com. See you next time.